Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 234, episode 4 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, April 28th, 2022, um, which of course means that it is National Take Your Kids to Work Day. Um, I don't know what that means right now for people. I mean, I guess some people are at workplaces. Yeah. Um, probably not taking their kids to work would be my yeah. guess. Did you ever do that? Did you did your parent ever take you to, to their work for work? I mean, day? I like yeah, I I would just go to like the gym cuz my dad was a basketball coach, so I would just like show up and hang oh, okay. out whenever I could. But um Okay, shoot some threes real quick. Yeah, shoot some threes, mm-hmm. show the players how it was done. Um <laughs> but I didn't it was never like a formal thing, no. No, I feel like the kids, like when it happened, because I remember being in school and like people were like, yo, where's so-and-so? And they're like, oh, they went to like take your kid to work day. They I'm went like, to national take your kids to work day. Yeah. And like my mom didn't go to an office because she was like a freelance writer. So right. she worked at yeah, home yeah. or like would be out. And then my dad is like, a, you know, all over the place. So I didn't really, there wasn't a place to go. But anyway. A decorated artist, by the way. Congratulations to your dad. Uh, oh, the... That's- 
focus award? on me, man. Focus on me, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is the award your dad just won? Oh, did he just win an award? I don't know. Something. All right. Well, well, he must be out here. You know, yeah, there, yeah. Like, there's a whole other episode about why I'm not keeping up with my dad right now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. I know he I know he won an art prize to go to. Oh, yeah. The one in Rome. He won. A, yeah. A, the one he, in Rome. This no is my, big deal. Man, my dad used to not. He, he was his art crew was so different when I was a kid. He was like he gave up on art because he's like, man, I got to put it like you need to go to school. And he's like, I can't just shoot Bobby Brown album covers and then like think that that's going to pay the bills all the time. And he's having a renaissance. So, yeah. Shout out. True. Shout out to him. True shout renaissance, out man. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Pretty Woman. You're moving to the street. Pretty woman, I see my help you need. Pretty woman, mm. I really do not mind helping you move. I'm sorry, <laughs> which floor? Oh, no, it's cool. Ouchie. <laughs> Pretty woman, won't you pardon me? Okay. Pretty woman, I'm laying down here on the street. Pretty woman, I swear I'm strong as strong can be. Could mm. you please just call my mommy? That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man, uh, based on the story I told on yesterday's episode where I tried to help somebody move spur of the moment. She was just like, hey, could you help me with this dresser? And it ended with me on the ground, uh, on the street, with my back thrown out um, and <laughs> not feeling very cool. Anyway, anyway, shout out to uh, the great Christy Yamaguchi, man. And I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. There once was a school covered in ivy, built by money straight from slavery. The students were served by slaves at night and learned eugenics by day. Soon may <laughs> reparations come, tap that endowment, 50 billion. Their commitment's a tiny fraction, 100 mil seems low. And that is in response, I think we're talking about trends, Harvard saying they're going to spend $100 million to, what was it? Research and atone <laughs> yeah. for their connection to slavery. But not, not pay anybody any money. No, just, no, no, no. Nah, well. And like that, going far we'll enough. See, to, we'll see, we'll see. Going yeah. far enough to identify like 63 uh, black slaves and seven Native American people who were in, working on, in bondage for Harvard. And they're like, we're going to look into that. It's like, you know what? Spend, why don't you give them that fucking money if you know who they are? It's yeah. pretty easy right there. Just figure out who descended there. Boom. Hook We're them just up. gonna do a lot of research about what we should be paying them. But holy shit. Um by the way, was that a was that a shanty? What were yeah, we, that was a shanty. We, oh yeah, yeah. Shout woo. out uh Scouty Magoo on the Discord who, you know, turned up a, a story about Harvard's relaxed racism into a I sea enjoyed shanty. The, enjoyed the the shantiness of it all. Yeah, well had to give it that shanty treatment. We are thrilled to be joined uh, by a very funny actor and writer who you've seen on Keenan, Indebted, a Black Lady sketch show, Shrill, mm -hmm. the movie Desperados, just all over the place, yeah. killing it. Uh, it is the brilliant Legally. and talented Nicole Thurman! Hello. Welcome, welcome. Hey. Hi, welcome back. You know, we get a lot of, uh, you know, self vocalized air horns. That might have been yeah. the best, though. Thank you. That was very yeah. good. It's um, like a weird skill that I have. I feel like people always say that when I do it. I'm just like, eh, eh, eh. Oh, somehow yeah. it's good, right? Yeah, somehow <laughs> yeah. it works. <laughs> you Thank you. A Thank lot you of people much. do the pew. And you're yeah. doing it. Yeah, it's not the same. It's like the eh, eh, eh. Yeah, it's yeah. The sound. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You got a good ear. 
Yeah, yeah. you musician. <laughs> I could just listen to that for the rest of the episode. That's uh, <laughs> I don't think other people would. <laughs> I know, but simple. Yeah, all simple I have man. is yeah. Man, like, remember Hamhorn? Oh my yep. gosh, I love it. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they had to change it because like NBC sued them because they're like, you can't have that sound bite in it when it's just you go ham. <laughs> but now it's all right. Well, just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's new? Yeah, what's new with you? How have you been? Not, yeah. I've been good. I've right. just been kind of chilling. I was uh, working a lot, and now I'm like unemployed, but in the way that I'm really excited about. Because then I get to like, I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna go to New York for a few weeks and just nice. chill. Okay. And I've been just kind of enjoying life. How have yeah. you guys been? <laughs> Fantastic. You know, just staring into the abyss of the news every day. Yes. And mm-hmm. and and working to not let it affect us. So yeah. Oh I'm, my I'm god. Gr- I feel like I've been a good. little bit less in touch with uh, social media lately and that's helped me a lot, especially Twitter. Oh my oh, yeah, god. Yeah, Twitter yeah. is just why I'm always like, wait, what is happening? Okay, you know what? Let me just close my computer and walk away. Do I need to close my computer? Drop it in a garbage right. can. And, like you guys yeah. don't have that choice cuz you have to talk about it every day, but it's like sometimes I'm like, yeah, let's just close this, throw it over, you know, a throw it over balcony, here. burn right. it, whatever, just get it away from me it's too much and dunk my head in a bathtub yeah. for five hours and just yeah pretend well uh we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today uh and you know up top we're gonna talk about something you, you might want to tune back into twitter because uh, <laughs> right. it's about to get really good because elon musk is buying twitter <laughs> and so we're just gonna talk about some of the like responses to that mm-hmm. um we're gonna the talk about of buying twitter yeah. also <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh russia they're like they just don't give a fuck i think i think russia was ahead of ahead of the game and kind of showed us how little effort you had to put into lying on the internet um they did <laughs> right. a neo-nazi raid on like some people who were critical of putin uh where they like the frame up is just uh, lazy it's it's not it's not altogether convincing so we're going to talk about that uh we're going to talk about a uh astronomer going looking for alien technology in the south pacific uh which Whoa. is exciting to me uh and then i want to talk about npr's weird weird tone uh just generally uh nothing new about it it's been it's been the same i just i think i changed Decades. uh i stopped listening for a long time and then it like just popped on my uh, car radio, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, this so is really we'll talk about all story. that, plenty more. But uh, first, Nicole, we like to ask our guest, "What is something from your search history?" What's something from my search history? It's always funny when you guys ask me this because I am so so crazy. <laughs> I'm I, I Google everything, and so I always have to be like, okay, listen, Nicole, you can't go on a daily on the daily side, guys, and be telling them what you're really googling. Like, let's get real, please. No, okay. Please. But one thing I did Google is I've been thinking a lot about people pleasers, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how because I'm not I don't think I'm much of a people pleaser. I think I kind of like go like straddle the line of like I'm gonna please you, but until it's until I want to just say no because I'm I've gotten better at saying no. But I think that people pleasers are fascinating because to me. Sometimes it almost feels like they they're lying to themselves and to everyone mm-hmm. they know. And I try I'm like so I was just like googling like is there a correlation or like what's the deal with people pleasers? Are they always kind of lying? So that's what I was googling. Wow. 
Yeah. Was that just to look inward or your ex- experience with someone who's a people pleaser? Because I, I see it a lot in the dating people. context, too. Yeah. Like, you start it, dating people, they tell yeah. you everything you need to hear. And then like, oh, yeah, I, yes. I was just kind of saying stuff that whole time. And, you know, I am maybe wrong, but maybe it's because I date men. I feel like <laughs> men do it more often than women yeah. because... They want to be easy, but then they end up kind of like pushing everything down and not really saying oh, what absolutely. makes them happy until they like explode. I feel like I just see that more with men. And you're like, wait. And I think that women don't even notice it until it's too late. But I've tried to get better at like paying attention to that and being like, yo, what do you really want? Like, what is yeah. your mm. real opinion on this? With fr- You like to watch new stuff, right? Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And with everybody, because I think that it's like, it sucks to think that you'd be having a friendship or a relationship with somebody and you're not, you're, you're pissing them off, but you don't know it because they're just agreeing yeah. with everything you say. I think like the extreme people pleaser, certainly like in my era of, of going all in on just saying everything that people wanted to hear was that I was unable to actually express any of my inner <laughs> experience out loud. So right. rather than to be in a situation where like, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, I would love that too. Because yeah. that felt like a way to be like, oh, this person, I'm I'm presenting myself as an easygoing person. Meanwhile, I don't know how to say half the shit I need to. And then you're six mm-hmm. months or a couple m- months deep into something. You're like, yeah, actually, like I've been stifling. I, like, I hate Harry Potter. I'm also have <laughs> terrible commitment <laughs> issues. And I've right. just been saying shit because I didn't want to make it hot. I don't even um, like salmon. You make salmon yeah. every night because I told you and I like, liked it. I don't even like it. It's like, just it's like yeah, it's like stuff like that. And they're like, all of a sudden they're exploding because I don't want to watch another Harry Potter. And you're like, like whoa, whoa, what? whoa, what's up? Like, what is <laughs> this? <laughs> you said you were all about Hermione. Like, what's going right. on? You know what they're I mean? Like, like, right. it, it really does feel like that. And I feel like it, it is because people don't, I just feel like there's this, such a culture of politeness just in general with like America. I don't know if it's an American thing or just people in general, but they feel like it's the better way to be. But honestly, like I would rather have someone tell me like, I don't like that thing you did. I don't like that shirt you're wearing. I disagree with what you're saying, you know, like if, because it, we're wasting time by lying about what we do like, yeah. don't like or what we do and don't want to do. Right. And mm-hmm. I have like, you know, I have single friends who are, you know, in their mid thirties and they're like, dudes who are like i don't know like you know it didn't work out this or that and half the time i'm hearing them talk i'm like you're not really coming with your whole self in any of these situations so the person you're interacting with isn't quite learning who you are they're they're learning a projection of who you are and then when Mm -hmm. the rubber has to meet the hit the road y'all are skidding because there wasn't any real grip to it because you were you know, I was just like, they don't just understand your needs because you're not expressing your needs accurately. It's this yeah. weird thing that I've been also thinking about a lot lately, just in general. Like, we don't know how to deal with grief. We don't grow up learning how to deal with grief, how to deal with relationships, how to really communicate with people so that we get our needs met. Stuff like that. Like, right. I, I sound so therapy like, but this is like the shit I think about like, lately because it's just like, why don't we learn that shit? Why do we learn, you know, the Pythagorean theorem in, in school? You know, well, like, we don't yeah, need to know yeah. that shit. So it's it's fascinating to me, and I'm trying to just I'm trying to learn how to interact with different types of people better, so that 
so that yeah. I can I can help you know them feel more comfortable or something. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. So that's what I, that's my wormhole uh, as of late has mostly been like interpersonal shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, the I, therapy, I uh, like you kind of need to sound like therapy because, like, I think people who suffer from this, and I'm speaking completely as an outsider because I don't at all. Like, I would never, for instance, agree to do something <laughs> harmful to my body because somebody seemed nice and needed my help, uh, <laughs> such as like carry a giant chest up four oh, flights shit. of stairs because I thought somebody uh, would like me more. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, like, I don't. To like, I'm realizing I don't even know how I feel most of the time, like in therapy. Like, mm-hmm. and so, like, that's that's how buried that shit is. And then, like, so that that's a process too. Like, Definitely. and yeah, just being like, that's not true. They might not even realize it's not true. Uh, yeah. They being other people and not me, because again, I am uh, emotionally in touch with myself <laughs> at all times. Uh, yeah, I'm good at communicating yeah. it. Yeah. Very progressive, yeah. advanced man. You've got it all together. <laughs> You've done the yeah. work. You're healed. For yeah. well, we ha- exactly. I mean, yeah. these are such, they're so ingrained, like, you know, just culturally mm-hmm. through, you know, patriarchy, whatever. But mm-hmm. we're like, we start off as kids seeking the approval of adults that's yep. just that's our bread and butter as children yep. oh look at you you did that well oh you're so cute oh mm-hmm. you're so smart and then that becomes your currency and if you don't realize that shit you get stuck in this loop of just chasing smiles mm-hmm. and yes, positive yes, responses yes. at the fucking total detriment to yourself to and yourself, others to your soul yeah. to like you're like to like your gut like i'm sure that yeah. people that are doing that just like have this like pit in their stomach sometimes because it's just like they're not getting what they want they're not yeah. saying anything or you, you know, don't realize like, what's that or you don't realize you've been doing it so long that there is a pit because you've been doing that. You're like, no, nah, people like me, but it's like, but I don't fucking know if my needs have been met ever at all. Yeah, right. I, don't feel, <laughs> I don't feel happy, but everybody yeah. seems happy around me. What's going on? Yeah, and I think it's the same with even like little things like making plans. Like mm-hmm. if someone doesn't want to do something, they'll they'll maybe say like, oh sure, and it's like, well, no, don't say sure. You say yes or no. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, say no. That's totally fine. Yeah. Like we can totally adjust. And it's like. You just start to realize that, like, I don't know. I've been calling people out on that shit more because I'm just like, yo, I don't want to. I don't want to drag you to something you don't want to do. Right. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. You know. Right. Yeah, it's amazing how much I admire people who are just like, nah, I don't really want to do that. I'm and like, it's so what crazy. the fuck kind of dark magic is that? I'm like, telling you, you know, the first time I did it was uh, when I lived in New York. People used to come, people come visit New York all the time and they all want to hang out. It doesn't matter who they are. It can be somebody you haven't talked to since 2013. You're like, why <laughs> right. is this bitch calling me? And the first Wait, time I did it, York, this, right? guy, this guy was like, I'm going to be in town for a week. We hadn't talked since like 06. And I was just <laughs> finally, because I was like, you know what? Instead of telling him every single day, oh, sorry, I can't, I'm taking a nap. I can't hang out or whatever. Instead of every single day trying to think of an excuse, I literally just said, you know what? Have a great trip. Now is not a great time to see each other. Um, you know, I hope you have a fabulous time in New York. And, it, and he seemed a little salty about it, but he got the point and I didn't have to fucking right. wear yeah. myself out trying to say no 50 times, mm. you know? Right. And I, I do think your point that like uh, men are particularly guilty of this. Like I, I just watched the uh, the Batman last yeah. night <laughs> and like this dude has his feelings so buried and like say he's so <laughs> out of touch with them He's like at all hell. times. Yeah. Uh, and 
like I was thinking back to the Joker where he's just like laughing with like tears streaming down his face, like <laughs> oh, just yeah. doesn't know how the fuck he feels at all. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, yes, I am the Joker. That is totally me. Uh, I feel <laughs> like that's <laughs> not good. Like that's, that's a problem. Really <laughs> yeah. That, um, that, yeah. I'm that, I'm that. <laughs> right. If you see yourself reflected in the Joker, something is wrong and maybe just go talk to somebody, you know? Yep. Yeah. Might, might could help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh oh, this is an interesting one I just thought of. Um, sharing music with friends. Like, this is surprising to me, but I was just thinking about this recently. I feel like if you connect on one level, like you're like, oh, you really like this artist, I really like this artist, but then you start to like be like, oh, if you like this, then you might like this. People, I, people don't be getting it right. <laughs> and so I just feel like I think it's a little bit overrated I like I think it's nice when people send you like a little mixtape like I care about you yeah. hear some music but I rarely like the music that people think I'm gonna like and I, I, I appreciate it but I don't I don't think it really does anything <laughs> yeah I think sometimes it depends on how much you're like really you really fuck with music because you can you can have a really diverse taste, but if you're not able to say like, okay, I have a feeling that they're responding to these very specific musical elements of this yeah. track, because I think most people are like, I like that band. I also like this band. That must mean you we're on a Venn diagram. Yeah, you must like this band too, rather than like being yeah. like, oh, you know what? Like the best music like suggestions I get are from people who like are are like really who kind of get the nuanced of like nuances of the art of it mm -hmm. and they're like okay you'll like this because it has like a good strong backbeat and mm -hmm. like thumping bass and like falsettos or whatever i'm like oh yeah different genre but you identified that so miles yeah, is basically saying that may be true of other people but when you when you're talking about me not said, but the nuance <laughs> but the nuance i'll take that like, as a you know what? That who, is a good point yeah. and, and i'm not just some people pleaser you know <laughs> some people don't be having the ear some people can't do the mm -mm -mm, that's true they don't have that and miles ear, does yeah. have the ear miles sure. has the ear you know, I, I do i mean because yeah it's like when you when you really understand music you listen to it you'll notice like it's like i used to feel like people i don't know if this is exactly a one-to-one -one, but like people used to be like oh you like the knife then you'll like the xx and i'm like i don't like the xx and there and people have recommended them to me so many times just from other bands that don't even sound like them and so right. yeah it's one of those things where i'm like no they might have been from the same time period but the music is actually so different that it's like that's not something that i would yeah you're like, not hearing yeah. it the same way yeah but yeah, yeah that's that i agree with you it has to be like the specifics of the music that make it something that you like like yeah. the tone or the you know the the arrangement of it or the background vocals or the you know even like the major versus minor key i don't know like little stupid things right. and this is making me sound like an asshole and i totally am hearing myself talk right now but I think you're right. Well, I, mean, I, I was a band geek. You know, I grew up studying a lot of music theory. So I've, you know, I, and, and there's the, everyone, look, you're, everyone's going to engage with an art form however they want to. Yeah. But I think I'm just, I, I get really specific and yes. I've, and I think it, 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 it made this thing where, especially when before the internet, discovering music was really difficult. Yeah. So I had to really know how to be able to describe what I wanted to hear or know what I wanted to hear. So then when I heard it, I could be like, yes, more of this, more of this, more of this. And the yeah. internet only just made it super easy once, you know, every, like it was, you know, you could access anything from any time, yes, any place. Definitely. But yeah, definitely. Whatever. Okay. But I, I take everyone's music suggestions. It's always worth, it's always interesting to yeah. hear when someone thinks you'll like too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I, I know. Even think oh, that it is really interesting. Because, yeah, I don't mind getting them, but I'm always like, eh, it's not really doing it for me. But it's the yeah. same thing as, like, 
it is it's to me like a lot of people hate it but i kind of like when somebody says like you look like this person and it's interesting to me because then i'm like oh wow so that's what i look like in your eyes like that's fascinating i don't look anything like that you know right right right. yeah Yeah, i feel like that i i should just want to hear anytime somebody has a lookalike for me i should want to hear about it because i i also feel like lookalikes are like people who are like you look like this person like that determines what people think about you for like the first hour that you know them so much. (laughs) Yeah. They're like judging you based on some weird character. Exactly. Um, (laughs) What is, uh, what's something you think is underrated? What did I say is under, you know, this is going to be so random, but um, a couple weeks ago I went on a cruise. Y'all cruises are fun. Okay. (laughs) Cruises are having a moment. We've been debating the merits of cruises uh, in the past couple weeks for some reason. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's funny, too, because I just saw a girl on TikTok who was doing like a bunch of videos from a cruise ship and she's on, she was on a cruise by herself. And I was like, I mean, cruise, I don't know. I went on a four day cruise out of LA. I live in LA. So I just, you know, it wasn't that hard to get there. And it was like so much fun. So it's just like an opportunity to embrace the corniest, cheesiest, dumbest things, but to not, nobody on the boat gives a fuck. And that's the best part of it to me. It's just like, (laughs) they're wearing the the ugly tie-dyed t-shirts with the city name on it that they just visited. Like they're buying all the little (laughs) trinkets and crap. And like, they're waiting in line for sales at these weird silver stores or whatever. Like it's just everything (laughs) about it. Venetian glass. Here? Yeah. I, mean, I do feel like bec- the, the cruises that make the news is uh, over the past like <laughs> decade like germs. have all been disasters, Diseases, right? Germs, I mean, yeah. and going back centuries with the Titanic, like <laughs> we don't hear the positive stories about people just being like, man, I really fuck with cruises. Fuck uh, with cruises. And yeah. like I've just through having kids who are obsessed with the ocean and boats and stuff mm-hmm. like just seeing cruise ships through their eyes for the first time, I'm like, wow, those are, that's wild that that exists, like right. yeah. even at all. And like, so I'm probably headed down a path towards a cruise at some point in my life. Yeah, and becoming a cruise person, that's a thing too. I think it's a whole you, culture. But yeah, it's like, how, for, yeah, how does it exist? There's this huge, insane boat with like a water slide on it. Like, what are we yeah. doing? How, somehow it, it works. And like the place I stayed in, we stayed in a room that had a balcony. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, this is the life. So you could mm-hmm. just sit out there and watch the ocean go by. And yeah, it was, I don't, I, it's like, I genuinely couldn't tell if I was just very burnt out from work and just really needed a vacation. Right. But I really do think that cruises, I think people, more people should take cruises, especially if you live in a city where there's a port, just go for a four day cruise. Like it's yeah. chill. I mean, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm constantly at odds with like the, how like not good cruises are like ethically and oh, yeah. from a pollution standpoint, but mm. I also have to battle the inner old black man within me who wants to be on a cruise ship all the time. My grand, (laughs) like, and I said this in the past episode, my grandparents loved cruises and Mm -hmm. I was just like, I get it. You don't, you pay one thing and then you could eat whenever, whenever, whatever. Exactly. You pay, I paid $350. I have four days of food and drink nonstop and sunshine and pool. Come on. It was, it was serious. And then, and the, and the worst shows I've ever seen in my life, but in the best way. I mean, come come on. They're literally playing like unwritten by Natalie or Natasha Benningfield before the show starts. And it's like (laughs) everything about it was that energy, the whole show. Right, right. Oh, can you describe the show? Like, what was it? I'll tell you one show I went to that I was <laughs> dying. I was dying. There was a show called 88 Keys. 
And so okay. I was like, oh, okay. So it's probably gonna be pianos. like dueling pianos yeah. or some kind of like piano skills. Yeah, we went to the show. Uh, there was a man playing the piano, but like t- maybe 10 minutes into the show, I realized he was not really playing the piano. <laughs> oh, it was pantomime. He was faking playing the piano. <laughs> and it was just playing over a track. At one point, this dude, like, and they were playing it as it was real. Like they were acting like this man was really playing the piano. But I was sitting on a balcony. I was like, that dude is not playing. Oh, and so no. then at one point he genuinely he just stood up while the piano was still playing and walks away and like it wasn't a joke it wasn't like they made it a bit it was just like they just don't they just gave up the conceit <laughs> at one point like he's not oh, playing wow. piano whatever who cares and it just it killed me they were like singing like a bunch of pop songs and you know they were very cute and they were right. they were having the time of their lives also they're doing the cheesiest shows ever but they don't care and that's yeah. what's so great about it you know like yeah. everybody's just li- like leaning into it that's yeah. amazing. 88 Keys was really something else. I mean, I was like screaming. I was like, we have been bamboozled. I, I know. They lied. We were hoodwinked, bamboozled. <laughs> like looking down at his hands and he's just going like this, like real inelegant. Like, he's not even touching the fucking keys. Not even t- he was really good at first. So I never would have known. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. Yeah, he started doing the just like slamming hands down on right, the, right, right. Know, the fake keyboard. Right. And I was like, oh my God, he's not even playing <laughs> the piano. I love, a, I love a finesse. Fake instrument playing. Me thing. too. It's, oh, Ugh, love it. It was right. it was really fun. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And you like to watch new stuff, right, Zaygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire kardashian clan and if you're looking for steamy streams check out grand cayman secrets in paradise the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical caribbean island of grand cayman where the rich come to play but be warned it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long so come check out what's new on hulu this month it's streaming now and it's waiting for you on hulu hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back and uh yeah let's talk you know i i think the consensus among the people i follow on twitter is that we're fucked uh (laughs) that now that elon musk has purchased successfully purchased twitter um and what 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 are we hearing from i mean i think we kind of are but like what how are other people reacting uh there's i mean there's all kinds of i think everyone yeah, rightly is focused on this guy who's keeps talking about freedom of speech, who clearly doesn't know what the fuck that means, uh, has bought the bird app. And what does that mean? Um, there's a few different things. There's this one piece by, uh, this like sort of like tech critic, uh, Shiva Vedyanathan in Slate, who's just talking about like, who sort of brings up an interesting point of like Twitter as a business is not a good opportunity. To, like that's not something you want to buy, like as a, as an investment in general. Um, and, you know, look, just talking about how as a business, it has been like just a pretty much they've, they haven't figured out how to make it profitable or to scale it. You know, the, 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 the many wonderful worlds, words of wall street, and they put it up for sale a few times and people haven't really ever bought it. And I think just when, obviously there is this whole element of yes, Elon could bring all the unsavory shit bags back and open up the gates. Um, but there is just just narrowly, there is one potential benefit to that, which is all of that conservative tech money that was spent on those free speech p- platforms like truth and shit 
would become a fucking would become moot the second mm-hmm. he opened up the gates because that's what the whole reason people all the people like that fled to those other sites are like there's no libs here mm-hmm. so if they're allowed back on twitter they're like why am i using this shit again um mm-hmm. so that okay. would potentially that 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 is a one fear on like the conservative tech side which is like man if trump comes back and this that's going to be bad news for these smaller apps but that's not even like the the big picture right. is there here. is are are any of those flourishing and like really a threat to i mean I, I you know you hear about horrible things being said on them but i don't i don't know like is are, no ahead. not in the sense like you know especially we've talked about truth social like that this thing's dead in the water um and yeah, even people to the are point- still waiting to be let in yeah. the door <laughs> Many people, yeah. uh, you're, you're not getting in that club. Um, but again, like sort of put just looking at Twitter, though, just as like a business entity, you know, what exactly is Elon Musk trying to do it? Does he actually want it to help to grow it or does he want it to be profitable? Because yeah, what was the purpose of buying it? Like, well, I think on one side, it's like, yeah, I guess you literally own the libs by <laughs> buying Twitter or something. Yeah. But what you know as a business person because you're always talking about your business acumen like what is the goal here now i get that one version is he just doesn't give a fuck he wants he'll let it melt down into a a total cesspit of like hate you know hate speech Mm -hmm. um but on the other side of that is like is it growth is it profitability because the things that he has talked about aren't necessarily going to reshape the app or bring more people in like yeah the edit button sure people like oh that would be cool that's mm-hmm. like a bone free one for like the people who are on Twitter. But that's going to take a lot of time and effort to actually bring that to, you know, bring that to a reality. The human authentication thing to keep bots off. Sure. But many point to the fact that, you know, you could just invest more in proper content and user moderation and, you know, keep things moving in that sense. Right. But I think the other thing is that but he's if he's, you know, by buying it and takes it private, he's not beholden to shareholders at all. So like a lot of people are trying to speculate what how do you game this out? Like, is it going to be just a downward spiral? Is it going to be you open it up, you bring all these angry people away or angry people back on the platform, which would drive away other users, which isn't going to help anything for like the value of Twitter. So I think really we can like even even in the worst case where, you know, Trump's back and all these other things are happening. Those would be like, those wouldn't necessarily benefit Twitter in the end, I think, because they're also not really innovating as a platform. You know, Twitter's not even the top 10 social media platforms. There's, there, you know, there's the fully the potential for something else to come up that people are like, oh, this seems more reasonable now than this other thing. So it's a bit of like a wait and see thing. And then on the, on the DC side of it, you have Republicans say, oh, it'd be bad if, if Trump got back on or like, oh, I don't know if, if we need Trump back on or that could be bad. But, Again, I think that there, there's a twofold problem there. One is that they don't want Trump back because it would complete, he would, rev- it would revitalize his like stranglehold on the party mm-hmm. by him being back on Twitter. He would take over the political conversation again. Right. Um, and then the also thing is that they, they fear that if he's back on, that helps Democrats do their really tired ass political strategy, which is just gesture to Trump. Right. And then be like, so y'all vote in blue, right? Right. And right. Not doing it anything. ends there. Yeah. Mm. Because without Trump, they've done so much. Uh, So, (laughs) Um, well, I think they're. I think they they realize they can't get bullied in real time from Twitter like he used to. Like as things are happening, I think it's more for them. They they liked that they didn't have to fear the Trump tweet anymore. 
Yeah. I'm interested down. to see. Well, I'm interested back. in a couple of things like how many people left the platform. I know every everybody was losing followers. I lost, I think, 250 followers. And I think people are just running from it, but they don't know what's going to happen. And then I'm also, right. I feel like the, it, it's like this weird thing where if Trump, I feel like people are always weird about Trump being on Twitter, where it's almost like, they they're like oh man that would be so terrible if that big bad guy that i used to quote retweet came back you know what i mean and like and i kept going viral because i was talking shit on trump all day i feel like there's a little bit of that energy too of like right they don't nobody wants it especially before 2024 nobody fucking wants trump online talking his shit but i think that there's this weird energy that was there when trump was president and when he was on twitter of like it's kind of it's kind of exciting and spicy and like let's just play with this toxic shit but it's like that's not good because all it ever did was elevate the trash to a higher level yeah and i i mean i think the real the the real losses would be to like people who organize on twitter and actually yeah. use it for like positive things but yeah. i think like anything an alternative could emerge that is easy to, to that could be as easy to use but you know i think you know again you read the headlines, you think this could be, this is scary. And yeah, it could be, Yeah, but it's going to take some time to fully understand what his vision is for this and how that works. Because he's also, he's going to find himself running Twitter in the lead up to a presidential election. Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk is in just inherent, like all it's going to take is some more spicy Marjorie Taylor Greene type people to pop up. Yep. And then what does he do with them? Yep. And now people are going to connect him to all that, whether or not. He wants to platform them or deplatform them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of extra shit connected to it that like doesn't necessarily make Elon Musk just look like the coolest kid on Twitter. So that's why I'm like, mm. definitely not. I mean, think about how much people bullied Jack. They were like, Jack, what the right. fuck are you doing? It's like that mm-hmm. same thing of like, you really want to be that guy that's constantly like having to decide if you're going to pull people or let them be on and how far you're going to let people go before they just like do yeah, crazy cause- shit. Even if he's not the one making the final decision, he's he becomes the de facto he becomes face. The de facto. He's the face. Yeah. 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 I don't think he gives a fuck though. I like don't he think so either. and I also I think he's a combination of like you know, realizing that all good publicity in America is like at least increases your footprint. Um and also famous enough that like he's surrounded by people who are gassing him up all the time. Oh like, yeah. So I just think he's very dangerous. Probably part of his strategy is to control like discourse in some way, the way that like, you know, billionaires during the Baron era, like w- would do that shit. Um, yeah, I think, I think the concerns are founded. I, I still feel like you can still use Twitter, right. To like coordinate yeah. or to organize. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it, like what it should be is a public utility. And like, we're moving away from that obviously. And that's fucked up. But like that, like you, I, I feel like it's not great for our side or for people who are trying to do good in the world. If, like a billionaire buys all phone networks across the America and they're like, well, I just don't use the phone anymore. And it's like, well, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. Like we just need to, you know, keep. Well, yeah. And I think for the people who need that, who are resilient, this isn't going to do much because yeah. they see the utility of it and you can just block the fuck out of everybody. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's how people will get on with it and it'll continue to, you know, do its thing in the Musk era. But, yeah. Yeah. There's just it's 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 going to be very, very interesting because there's so many. There's so many because like you're saying, because Twitter has become sort of like the this utility in a way, 
but it's still not even the top 10 user bases of like social media platform. He has right. this very interesting place uh, and seeing what he does, whether good or bad. Yeah. TBD. Um, but again, a billionaire buying it. Never good. Never good. Can you guys Can't explain the edit button to me like that? <laughs> I, I, I don't that. fully understand the because like my my understanding is that the reason you use the edit button is if you have a tweet up, a lot of people like it, and then you realize like you want to change something about it, and then you edit the tweet, like their likes are ascribed to like something that isn't accurate, <laughs> right? Like that's that that feels weird. Like what like a, you can yeah. you can edit what you said, just delete the previous thing and then re repost your tweet. Or, or it's and, like that thing. Yeah. Oh, I misspelled. I misspelled said in my viral tweet. Right. Fuck. I know. Nobody I, gives a fuck. <laughs> it makes me crazy though. So I'm I'm all about the edit button for that exactly. It's like a small reason because I had a tweet go viral where I said like choke uh, but I didn't mean to say the uh, so it sounds like I'm saying like choke uh, like Italian choke uh, <laughs> when I choke uh, and I was like God damn, and I kept just like watching it. And I was like, no, I want to take it out so bad. So I would like right. to edit that, but it is funny. Have you ever? There was a TikTok that I saw where it was like, I keep talking about TikTok, but you know what? Sometimes I get bored yeah. with the TikTok. Um. There's a TikTok, though, that I saw where somebody was, like, texting their friend, and they they asked a question. They said, like, are you white? And as the person was responding, <laughs> the person, the other person said, if you are, then you, like, you say that you hate black people and love slavery. And then the person said yes, and then, the, you know, they responded, like, immediately. <laughs> like, it's just that, it is that thing of, like, where you can change what you've said, and then the right. person who liked it is seemingly vouching for, like, some right. crazy shit. right. So yeah, it could get out of control, but I, I don't know if people are. I, mean, I don't know. We could. We have to see, I guess. But I, for me, it's just I want to take a little extra letter out of a tweet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Not wholesale. Be like, get yeah, get somebody to like something, then like you know, rope a dope them into being like, oh, okay, so you. Oh, so you like slavery? For, oh, oh, so you're yeah, racist? Right. Oh, okay. What? So is no, he no. is he pro, like team edit button? Is he? Elon yeah. Musk? Yeah. Yeah. He wants an edit button. He's, he was like campaigning on that. Basically, see, that's that's like, the saddest part of his whole like. Because he's just like, I, ju- I just feel like if I just got the tweet just right, people would like me. Yes. It's like, oh, buddy, like, no, we, we hate you because you are, uh, you know, unethically wealthy and racist. Uh, yeah. That's that's our main thing. It's not because you uh, fucked up a tweet. I, for one, love Little Emerald Boy, and I would be honored to work with him. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That is the um, the number of places I've just, you know, being out in public, I've had Elon Musk quoted to me still boggles my mind. Like Elon Musk quoted to me as if like Socrates once said some shit. Well, Elon Musk once said, it's all these like striver, like rise and grind people, but it's such well, a fucking yeah. bummer. Because he has, his rep is different. You know, Twitter, he, he people don't like him on Twitter. Off Twitter, it's a whole other thing. It's like I'm completely curious about different that atmosphere. too. Like I'm curious of what his supporters think about that because I yeah, there's people driving around in Teslas and I've seen a license plate that said "Love Musk" on the back, and I was like, oh my mm. god, these people are like Love all that. in. So, Damn, you meant animal thinking. Musk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Musk. I love a stank. Love Musk. Yes. Like he could he could run for president and do pretty well at some point I in the future. Well, he wasn't. He's not. He's not an American, so he can't. Oh yeah, that's mm. right. That's right. Did you see that tweet where somebody said he was an African-American just to stir the pot because he's Mm. from Africa? Wasn't it a black woman? I said, come on. She was black? I thought she was white. I saw one where it was a black woman. People were like, hold on now. Like, (laughs) is this an avatar switch up? Like, what what is happening here? That's crazy. yeah. Yeah, no thanks. 
They're like, and I think someone above was like, "Oh, do you not know about apartheid or any?" Okay, mm. don't don't worry about that. Don't worry. About that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk uh, NPR. And we're back. Um, and this is this is kind of a weird one. This is just like. Uh, you know, something I noticed, but I'm, I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts. But I just like hadn't listened to NPR in probably a year. Um, something happened with the way my phone was connected to my car. So it started popping on every once in a while around the time of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it like I was hearing it again, like with fresh ears, and it just felt insane to me. Like <laughs> it's. Like, it's so gentle and like mm-hmm. it's explaining the death of a of a pet to a child, but they're explaining the news of the world to an entire generation of adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that's basically my thesis is that if we ha- weren't used to it from like decades of NPR being like a uh, one of the primary neoliberal sources of information, we'd all be like this is so fucking weird um and then i do wonder if there's you know a a larger point about the amount of cognitive dissonance that's required for the the type of people who listen to npr sort of that gentry class of liberals like where there's just a lot of calories a lot of mental calorie like you could mint a bitcoin with the amount of mental work that's required to you know, both be aware of all the inequality in the world uh, and also believe that, like, the mainstream DNC is the answer and, you know, buying into mainstream corporate media narratives and, like, still feeling like you're the good guy. Like, it's just, it it all feels very, um, like, it's a a lot of work. It's It's a weird position to be in as a neoliberal and... So I feel like there's something, something about this aesthetic that like helps just be like, no, it's okay. That's, this is all happening. So you are right. Uh, You are, you are good because you're listening to stuff about the bad stuff happening enough to get like a cursory understanding of, of the details. Um, But don't worry, we're going to make it down, go down very smooth. And we're going to talk to you in the way that, uh, you know, your your snobby friends talk to you and you know it's we're just doing this over a glass of like pinot grige don't worry like it's all cool um i don't know what do you what do you guys i i no, i totally feel that because and we talked we talk about this all the time because none no mainstream media outlet like it's always meant to sort of frame all these conversations in a very tidy thing where it's it's not going to bring too much it's not gonna bring the reader or listener or viewer to ask really tough questions about like U S foreign policy or domestic economic policy. It'll describe a problem, you know, somewhat, you know, in a balanced way, but also not really confront the problem or offer solutions to the listener, which would actually spur the next first thing of like the next thought on. Cause if it's just enough to be like, and it's all bad, but it's being contained there. And Due to that, like the people do have a more optimistic outlook on the chances of Russia being successful in their invasion of Ukraine. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't really, I know that's <laughs> happening. I don't need to fucking think deeper about this. I don't even need to think of like, what does this mean for the military industrial complex in the United States? Why some factions of the US government are like all in on this, others aren't. What's the deal there? 
why there's like, you know, it, it's, it's again, yeah, like you're saying, it sells like an illusion of being tapped in and that you're, you, you're, you're on top of it all without challenging you, you enough to really kind of begin to think. Does it have anything to do, you think, with that, um, that annoying thing? What is it? Ally fatigue? How people right. are just, they're like, oh man, I cared about this cause, but can we take the black squares off our Instagram yet? Right. You know, like that kind of <laughs> thing where it's like, it's like you want to be there and you want to support and fight, but like you also want it to be kind of easy and simple and short. And like, yeah. maybe there's something to that. Like if you, if it goes down with a little bit of sugar and a smooth, uh, you know, airy voice, then it's easier to handle. But yeah, then you're not necessarily hearing it all or understanding how big it could be because you're just like this is just it's like neatly contained right yeah and it's the emotion is removed um it's Mm -hmm. very much like hearing a professor talk about a thing that like an event from history more so than it's like hearing somebody at that this thing is actually happening to that there's a you exist in the world where this is happening Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, I think like the ally fatigue uh, syndrome and like NPR, which has been doing this for, you know, decades now, but I think they both come from the same place mm-hmm. of, you know, wanting to feel like you are on the right side while also wanting to stay at a safe distance mm-hmm. from the, like what what is actually happening. Yeah. Um, I, I have this clip that I pulled and I literally just like, was like, oh, it would be helpful if we had a clip uh, this morning. And I went to the NPR website and was like, well, let's find them. The The thing that made me notice it was a story about uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So I just went and looked for uh, a story where they were talking about that. And I, like four minutes in, I thought this is, you know, th- this isn't like, that I'm catching them saying something wild or anything. This is just an example of what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know, Miles, do you want to like, I, I have the link there or I could just pull it up. Yeah. So four four ten. is this a podcast? No. Th- well, this it's is like on the NPR, but like they, they so they serve everything as a podcast. And I should say right. like in relation to the podcast, um, when we started like our little shingle of like how stuff works, which became iHeart, like one of our stated goals was to create shows that did, were not influenced by the NPR aesthetic because it <laughs> felt like so many shows were just like, you know, this American life and then this American life descendants. And like everybody was just like, hey, so this is a podcast where, you know. Um, but yeah, the NPR is wild influential to the point that like, this might not even sound that crazy to people who listen to a lot of podcasts. Intelligence capabilities, including. So this is just uh, the end of a report of how the U S is helping to investigate war crimes. NPR justice correspondent, Ryan Lucas. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Doesn't, doesn't, isn't that soothing? Yeah. And we get some like nice soothing voice or some nice soothing music. Yeah. Now the first step in confirming that anything comes in rain Frames the next story for us. To look for themselves. Very calm. A few days ago, our colleague Scott Detrow had a look around Borodyanka. That's one of the cities near Kiev from which Russian forces recently withdrew. And today we hear Scott's stories of two people who survived the Russian occupation. Natasha and her daughter's family spent a month hiding in a cramped This guy is keyed up for What did we eat? Mostly potatoes. I had some spare oil, then I have a cow, so I had milk. 
And I went to my neighbor. I gave her some milk. She gave me some other things, some cheese. So this is how we survived. So that's all right. That, that, that was the, the main like kind of pieces I wanted to play because. Right. You know, so Scott, Scott Inskeep comes in very calm, just like, you know, this is the story where we're, we're going to give you some stuff from the ground. And then they bring in somebody who is, you know, very emotional and like, you know, breaks down uh, a little later in the interview. But then they like overlay her with someone who sounds like they're recounting a meal they prepared over a glass of wine. Like mm-hmm. the chillest the, interpreter ever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just when you're talking uh, so about living through well, a military yeah. operation. Yeah. Full scale like invasion. So, yeah. For context, that, that woman uh, was hiding in her basement, um, starving with children, trying to hide from Russia, who was trying to murder her. And like, they're like, what do we eat? Mm. Well, we had a nice little like potato saute. And like, it's, like this kind of feels disingenuous because like they are giving people information that people need. I I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the aesthetic and uh, make fun of it because it is fucking weird. (laughs) I will say that I remember in 2016, I was watching CNN and like watching the uh, election results come in and I was getting so stressed out and had such anxiety. So I had to turn it to CBC Canadian TV yeah. Because they were just there just talking. They were just there presenting the facts and not going crazy. And there weren't like air horns and loud noises every five minutes. And it was like the only way I could handle it. So it's like, I know that you you know that that's working. You know it gives them, you know, more listeners and people are drawn to that for that reason, I think. But yeah, what does that say necessarily about people? Like that's how they have to handle war crimes and things? Well, yeah. And it's just how it's just like the messaging right like it's one thing if someone's like oh hey that house is on fire right versus oh yo that house is on fire yeah yeah it's inhuman it's it takes the humanity out of it is what is strange and And so your response to it is going to be completely different too right it's a xanax like it gives you the news with a like little like anti-anxiety medication like so yeah yeah i don't need yeah people don't need to be listening to like the death metal of news broadcasts are like it's all fucking over you know like but at the same time you do do people a disservice because like you're saying this even this is even how i saw like especially the summer of 2020 covering all the police fuckery they were like and some have seen it as potentially being racially motivated behavior and you're like hold on yeah we're we're all looking at this shit in real time and you can't even come out and properly sort of catch people up i think is the energy should be there's there, there's a serious issue with law enforcement i think that's just there and i get that i think people see like we're well, editorializing by saying something like that but you also need to convey the severity of something yeah. too to people because if you say it all monotone you're gonna think oh yeah just a few bad apples meanwhile yeah. you look at the people who are in the streets and the way they speak about it they're not like oh it's this or that we're talking about existential threats and i think to take that out of the the way you're telling the news allows people to think oh i mean yeah the it, the invasion might be fucked up in ukraine but that woman seemed chill she had a cow she had <laughs> right. some oil yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I totally this agree. is yeah i mean this is the whole npr aesthetic is itself a reaction to the like you know dan rather peter uh what's his name from abc News? or wait no peter tom brokaw peter, peter jennings, jennings. 
like that whole like and no, like it's unnatural like that that is its exactly. own weird unnatural trying to play the center type thing um and npr is like no we'll talk to you um in this other way that feels less like uh artificial but now it's like so uniform across so many channels and it just doesn't like it, it it's now its own weird artificial thing that seems to be aiming to just like make everybody feel calm about, uh, and like feel like they're the good guy and, you know, get, will can wear their tote bag with pride. Um, and yeah, so I asked, uh, super producers, Becca and Trisha to, you know, Becca looked into just like a history of like, uh, what, what are other people, pointing this out and she pulled some very funny tweets and uh, also like I think a really smart one where somebody um, Alex Safe Cummings uh, tweeted uh, the system has every reason to want to revert back to the norm to the even keeled NPR tone of voice and it will probably try but Trump to his credit in a weird way has blown up all duplicitous civility to the ruling class, the pretty West wing illusions are mostly gone. And like, I think that's interesting to think of Trump as, uh, what, one of the things he is reacting to is like this insufferable neoliberal class of just, you know, that tone, like he Trump's rude conversational, like kind of, uh, weird speaking style uh, as a breaking out of the like quiet politeness that NPR embodies um, is kind of an interesting way to think about that. Um, and then, I mean, and then there yeah. is apparently like straight up gatekeeping. Um, like we don't have them in a room telling people to like be more zanned out which was the assignment i was like can you find out if they have like a candy bowl full of like xanax at the office Just, or like what, what do they through the yeah, air conditioning right. what do they tell the people before they go on the air is my question like i i still like well we won't find this out but if if zykang if any of our listeners have experience with this like i i'm dying to know like what are, are there is there a process where they're like nope okay just calmer all right now can you take it down just a little bit more you're at like a three i need you at like a one minus um like i i would love to just hear what that's like um, maybe when they're in person the hosts talk super quietly they're like so quiet you can barely hear so then the other person that's talking to them feels like they need to talk quietly too like maybe it's just this weird like mirroring thing <laughs> uh. I yeah. feel bad for the people of color who work in there. They're like, let me tell you what I did. They're like, what the yo? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, the, so uh, producer Trisha pulled a story uh, about, you know, somebody who, an NPR contributor who was preparing a story for air when he became aware that he was altering his speaking style to fit what he believed to be the NPR voice. Um, and then, you know, there, there's another story where somebody was basically told, uh, that they couldn't come on the air on NPR because their accent seemed to, or their uh, voice seemed too accented. Giselle Regato wrote an essay in the Columbia Journalism Review in which she recounted her attempt to pitch a story to NPR only to be told by an editor that her piece would not air out of concern for her accent. Um, so, you know, there's that too. Like there's yeah. obviously a crazy bias there. Um, and I, it's I think, yeah. 
Yeah, go ahead. No, just to your thing, what you're talking about Trump, right? And like the, I get, you know, I get that it's soothing, right? That it, it makes it easier. But at the same time, it deep down, we know it's disingenuous because we're only listening to it because we feel that we need to know about it, but don't want to get freaked out by this, the sort of the scale of the issue that we're trying to learn about. And I, I think that's another reason why a lot of people just, you know, like people responded to Trump because if, you're hearing on the news, it's like, yeah, you know, medical debt, blah, blah, blah. And this guy's being like, the pharmaceutical costs are out of control. And blah, blah, blah. Like that energy, people are like, exactly. That's right. the, that, that actually connects energetically with what I'm feeling about this whole situation. It's not the way it was presented to me. It's that I'm living in a very grim reality. So to present my grim reality with, you know, this like, you know, this paint of coat or this coat or coat of paint uh, that makes it really shiny doesn't help me anyway in any way so yeah people are going to gravitate towards the people who at least are speaking with a level of emotion to it or acknowledging the severity even if it's disingenuous because that feels more real at times yeah and i mean the uh we've talked before about how the fact that the alternative to the mainstream that is seeing the most success right now is like authoritarianism and Nazism, like in in America, that's the thing that has the most energy. They had the fucking president for four years, um, and I think, like I like the fact that so much of the neoliberal like ideal and you know image and self image is tied to NPR and a thing that seems to be intentionally trying to lull you to sleep. I think is at least part of the problem. Um, yeah. But we have we have more on this, and I'm going to keep talking about it because I find it very interesting um, yep. in future episodes. Uh, but Nicole, it's been such a pleasure having you on yeah. TDZ. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me back. This is very fun, and um, people can follow me and find me on Twitter, <laughs> Elon Musk's Twitter uh, yes. at Nicole Thurman. I'm N I C C O L E Thurman, and also on Instagram at Nicole Thurman. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh my God! Well, I don't know if you saw this tweet. I think it was yesterday that they that just the discussing film Twitter account. Always be tweeting out some wild shit, I swear. And I think, um, where is it? Of course, I had it in my favorites, and now I'm not going to be able to find it. Um, <clears throat> it was about Leah Michelle and uh, Jonathan Groff. Did you see this? Okay, here it is. It says, Leah Michelle reveals she once let Jonathan Groff see her vagina using a desk lamp to give him an illustrative lesson and satisfy his curiosity in the female anatomy as a gay man with no practical knowledge of its particulars. And... It's that is that story is fucking hilarious. First of all, <laughs> I was like, "What? Why do we speak like you? We don't need to notice. You could have just not said that." Right. But also, <laughs> I just think there's something so damn funny about like lately tweets have been getting so fucking wild when people are doing press tours for movies. Like, right. what is happening? Like yesterday, I saw that um, the official trailer for uh, "Don't Worry, Darling." Um, Variety tweeted like Harry Styles performs oral sex on Florence Pugh and it's like y'all what's happening like, we gonna click on it okay it's Harry Styles right. we gonna click on it you don't need to say that to get us to click right. <laughs> it just feels so 
outlay like you're just getting the craziest fucking stories for these tre- press tours which i mean i guess i appreciate the madness but i'm also like why do we feel like we have to go that hard to like get people to be interested in a story right totally yeah amazing miles where can people <laughs> find you what's tweet you've been enjoying this reminds me of the Megan Fox thing that just came yes. out yesterday. Her machine gun Kelly. We just we ingest a little bit of just each other's blood. blood. Just a little like, blood. Like what? Shut up. Like first of all, shut up. They always be talking. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. Just yeah, say I'm like anything. we know. You guys peaked at when uh, Molly Lambert interviewed y'all, and he we found out he said he was weed. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to that hear anything it. more. We didn't. Yeah. Need uh, Anything beyond that, you're you're fucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Find me at Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram. Also, obviously, our basketball podcast, Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties, an NBA podcast where we celebrate the wonderful game of basketball. Mm. Also, my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexander. Come check that out if you like that 90 Day Madness. Uh, A tweet I like is from at Stolen Dans tweeted uh, in parentheses, youth pastor voice. You know who else called Saul? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's great i love it uh tweet i've been enjoying uh nicole thurman uh i don't know if you've heard of her uh, tweet when you ask Daddy. someone to rub your shoulders and they just rub it it's like uh it's like nah my dude i'm gonna need you to straight up pummel me walk on my <laughs> shit jump up and down on it like my back is a little trampoline help me fuck me up <laughs> fuck me up for real that is, oh uh, my god that is uh my my wife is exactly the same hey way. that's why She's you like, need uh, like a theragun yeah, theragun yo oh, I, I do have one of those because then i'm like yo just hit me with that like don't worry he's gonna do all the work just <laughs> yeah, aim it at my back me, that's really all just let it drill it in yeah. like don't be afraid I, yeah i have shoulder Bro. pain that i just feel like it really needs to be like ripped out of my body or something yeah. so i'm like <laughs> please be violent with me be violent yeah. Yeah. use an elbow or something it's that's the thing i always tell people if they don't have strong hands i'm like yo use your elbow yes and yes. just dig oh. in with your elbow because yes. like that thing that 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 does it. you gotta work it out yeah definitely all right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Uh, we're going to go out on a track, uh, this Japanese artist named Hatori Miho. And, uh, yeah, she's just kind of, um, she's a founding member. If you know, Chibo Mato, that band was in that band. Um, also like he's been on like some gorilla stuff, really interesting artist, but this is a track out called Tokyo story. And this has got this, if I thought it was like a retro, like Tokyo city pop track from the eighties, but it's like a little bit more gritty than that. Um, and her singing is real spooky and the production is really cool. So yeah, check this out. Tokyo story by Miho Hatori. All right. Well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring... 
the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.